0: Hi, welcome to episode 33, How to Train Executive Skills. I'm so glad you're here. I first want to say that there is so much to discuss about executive skills and ADHD. So I've recorded a number of episodes for you that I'll release over several weeks, including ADHD 101, executive skill coaching for adults, and finally, an episode on what if my I think my child has challenges. So I just wanted today to dig deeper into the four most important behavioral executive skills in my opinion. We're going to discuss what you might see in a child or teen in each area as it relates to the performance skills, and then I'll provide some examples for targeted interventions. Please note that I provide a free one-hour session to discuss what's going on in your life and how I offer recommendations and suggestions on what could be happening and what you can do to support yourself, your child, or even your partner. You can book that online at jessicastong.com. Thanks so much. But anyway, let's get real here. Are you growing increasingly frustrated with your child's outbursts? disorganization or forgetfulness at school, at home, I promise you, you are not alone. We can teach these skills like emotional regulation or organization and working memory. But let's be clear here. Instead of just inundating your child with reminders or arguments about chores, following directions, cleanliness, We will work with your child to find practical solutions that foster both cooperation and connection. As a quick reminder, as we talked about last week, executive skills are a set of brain-based functions that help teens and children and adults regulate their behavior, set goals and achieve them, balance wants and desires with needs and responsibilities, and balance the desire for independence with the need for guidance. As we also discussed, the prefrontal cortex mediates executive functioning, and it contains four major circuits. The WHAT circuit controls working memory, helps us execute plans, goals, and specific specific steps needed to complete a project. The WHEN circuit which helps us organize the order in which we complete activities and address timelines. The Y circuit controls emotions, what we think about and how we feel. The fourth circuit controls self-awareness of how we're feeling and what is happening to us. It's important to note that neuroscience tells us that our brains are primed for acquisition of new skills driven to explore new experiences and more intense social and emotional relationships, especially in the teen years. And especially as we're developing um, our executive skills and that prefrontal cortex, our brains are driven for better for worse to take risks. So even teens with good executive skills struggle with behavior governed by these skills because they are not yet securely developed in this prefrontal cortex area. So we often see like this Jekyll and Hyde type behavior. One minute they're cool and rational, and they've got those ability to use their cognitive powers for good. And then the next minute they're screaming, they're emotional, they're irrational that anger that we sometimes see, and they're flooded with emotion, so therefore they can't use that rational part of their brain. And it's really important to help them understand what is happening. So today, we're gonna focus on what I believe are the four most important behavioral skills. And that is because there are, you know, those 11 skills, so it's really overwhelming, to know where, to start, but I find these skills can help all the others. So first, we're going to look at response inhibition, the capacity to think before you act. This ability to resist the urge to say or do something allows us the time to evaluate a situation and how our behavior might impact it. I want to be clear here, this is a lifelong process. But we begin to develop the foundation necessary for success in these areas. We see adults that still struggle with response inhibition. We see parents, the, how do we um, control something? and how do we give our times to ourselves time to stop, to think? and then do. So I think that's an exceptionally important one as we're moving forward um, with developing this in our children and teens but well into adulthood. The second important behavioral um, executive skill is emotional control. The ability to manage our emotions in order to achieve goals complete task or control and direct behavior. The third executive skill that's important is flexibility. The ability to revise plans in place of obstacles, setbacks, new information, or, and this is really important, mistakes. It relates to an ab- adaptability to changing conditions and the ability to consider another person's expectations. And finally, I want to discuss today metacognition, the ability to stand back and take a bird's eye view of oneself in a situation and to think about others' theories of mind. It is an ability to, to observe how you problem and solve. It also includes self-modernism monitoring and self-evaluative skills like asking yourself how did I do or did that how did that affect the other person what was the other person thinking in this situation I also um, we will get to this when we talk more about um, metacognition in another um Podcast episode, but Dr. Daniel Siegel's work around um, mindsight is very important here and also brainstorm as it relates to kids' um, teenage development. So just to be clear, we see, especially, you know, in the preteen teenage brain, that there are dramatic changes in neurotransmitters that affect behavior. So I always talk about and look at dopamine changes. Changes in distribution plays a role in emotional responses and ability to experience pleasure or pain. This results in mood changes, difficulty with emotional control, increased sensation-seeking and risk-taking behaviors. Kids with executive function issues or ADHD in particular are always looking for those dopamine boosts or like dopamine hits, essentially. And then we also have serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that we see a decrease in that plays a role in mood fluctuations, anxiety, impulse control, and arousal levels. So this results in decreased impulse control. And we know what unbalance looks like in these areas. We see addiction, depression, anxiety, disease, weight issues, high-risk behaviors, and we know that what we need to do as parents, as educators, anybody working with the child, the teenage, the adults out there, we need to support their development of executive skills so that we don't see this unbalance. We don't, we prevent them from experiencing these almost, well, they are destructive patterns that lead to unbalance and depression and anxiety and all high risk behaviors, which we see um, in a lot of college students who haven't learned the skills. I also really believe that the behavioral effects of an evolving relationship between the limbic system and an immature prefrontal cortex results in reliance of more of an emotional brain, which includes like that quickness to anger, intense mood swings, and decision-making based on gut feelings. And then we also have an increased thinking that results of like high arousal intense emotion just doing what you the first thing that pops in your mind and so if we can work out how to to develop the scaffolding while that prefrontal cortex matures and then really helping the limbic system I'm doing a really interesting program for myself um, called DNRS dynamic neuro retraining system and it really looks at our limbic system. I'll talk about that in another podcast. But so what do we do with these four important executive skill areas? Well, I have compiled a few tips and ideas that I want to present to you. Please know that these are tips. They are not recommendations. When I work with someone in a coaching relationship, I tailor these specifically for the child um, but I just wanna offer these to you today. So as it relates to response inhibition, we want to assume in the presen- presence of peers that our child, teen, our youth will have reduced impulse control. We know this. We expect our kids to choose fun activities over challenging or less Im- pleasurable ones at the moment but what we are doing is helping our children learn, helping our children learn to delay gratification. You use and employ waiting periods for things they want to do or want to have. It's not immediate gratification all the time. You require your teen to earn some of the things that they want in order to to teach these skills. You prepare your child for situations that require impulse control by regularly reviewing rules in advance, role playing, um, you talk about these things, and immediately before your teen goes into a situation that may test response inhibition, you review the specific rules again. It is stop, think, do, always. and, And that is in all aspects. So it is really building those skills to help them to stop and to think and and not just go with the crowd. But that is something that takes so much time and so much awareness. But I know you can do this as a parent. You have the tools, you have the emotional control, you have the responsive inhibition developed in such that you can train this. And sometimes we expect kids to just learn this on their own. And I get very frustrated because it is a skill. It's not a personality defect. You help them learn these skills. I also want to talk about emotional control. I want you to think about the rules that you set for your child. I also want to encourage you to keep the have-tos to a relatively small number. I think about this as it relates to working memory issues, but we just help them and we're transparent about what we expect for them. We teach mindful practices to our children, those calming strategies. We let our kids know about appointments, family gatherings and other events not scheduled by the kids for fun so that there are no surprises. We're building in what to expect and then we're using community communication strategies that invite discussion rather than confrontation. So I really think that communication is key here, and we'll get this to this at later in this podcast. The next area that I want to talk about is flexibility. So whenever possible, of course, provide advance notice or warning for what's coming up next, especially when it does not conform to your child's expectation. Kids, all kids, regardless of issues with executive function, have troubles with transitions. And this might be the transition from getting home from school to getting to homework. It's the transition from a, for, for a new school year or from home to school. So I want you to think about how to teach flexibility so that those transitions can get easier over time. With flexibility, it's also important to maintain schedules and routines whenever possible, but help your child know and, and understand what to anticipate should they encounter a situation that is outside of their control and help them develop a script for it? So we are developing those coping mechanis- coping mechanisms that's easier said It's hard for me to say that but we also like we're role-playing a lot. We walk our teens, our kids through um, anxiety producing situations and for, Specific situations or expectations be clear and specific about any non-negotiable rules. In situations where your teen might want something for you, remember that your maybe becomes their yes. My child is not okay with me ever saying maybe. It's that inability. It's the, the inability um, to have And they haven't learned flexibility yet, right? It's that black or white thinking that we see show up so many times in our kids and our teens. And assume that when your child comes to you with a question about some activity that they like to do. In their mind, they've already committed to the activity happening. I do this to myself. I'll go and I'll tell my husband, what do you think about this? But I've already decided that this is a great idea and that I want this to do. Um, So it's just building those skills necessary so that they don't get to be an adult who has troubles with flexibility. Okay, finally, I want to talk about metacognition. I want you to provide specific praise for key elements of task performance by recognizing strategies that your child uses. I want you to encourage your child to evaluate their performance on a task or social situation. For example, um, my child was around someone and the child was having a lot of problems, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear um, that came up as um, jittery and um, outburst, And I, I, I said, how does that make you feel? What do you feel when you're around this person? What does that make you feel like? What do you think about? And, and how do you understand that behavior? And then also encourage your child to look at their performance, and ask for performance at evaluations as a way to improve behavior or improve performance. So we then go to our math teacher and say, what am I getting right? What could I learn? How could, how could you, what suggestions would you have for me? And we also want to use our own behavior as a way to indirectly help our t- child or teen understand Um, what they're thinking. So just this weekend, I was cleaning um, an area of the house that has gotten... In disarray, I have ADHD, so I have problems with organization. And so I um, told my child, children, both of them, I said, sometimes it's really hard to get started to do things. So I have to tell myself, I have to think about what I'm saying to myself. And I have to tell myself, you can do this. It might be hard. You might not want to do it, but I promise You can do this. And so we talked about what they say to themselves. Um, And and Henry really, really responds to this because then we're able to think about how our thoughts impact our emotions, which impact what we do, right? And I also really, when it comes to metacognition, I want you, when there's some issue that comes up, I want you to stop and to think and really talk about behaviors at a neutral time after this situation um, has happened, so that then you can talk about what happened. You can see and help them with this idea of metacognition. I want to be clear, crystal clear here. I tell my children this, I tell my students this. The more you practice, the better the skill gets. So practice also makes the tasks less effortful. This is why in my executive function coaching, we focus on building systems, mindsets, and routines. We practice and practice. I can't stress this enough. We set it up for our kids so that they can succeed. Okay, so as promised, in as, as we're We're wrapping this up because I just realized I've gone over my time. Here, I have um, four tools that I encourage parents to use to help their teenagers navigate the difficult terrain of building executive skills. And it's communication, motivation, mindset, and problem solving. So when we think about communication, we um, are always available to talk. Use active listening Avoid the knee-jerk no. I have a seven-minute parenting solution download on my website to really support and build communication. It really changes the dynamics between you and your child as it relates to direct communication. You can go to jessicastarn.com to download this, but I have a lot to say as it relates to communication, which I'll cover in other podcast episodes. The second is motivation. Give your children help them understand what motivates their value, help them make their own choices and decisions on some areas that they can have control over, give them the chance to practice what adults do, but help them understand what motivation means. Then we get to mindset training. So we're going to train mindsets that matter. Instead of saying, I can't do this, you can say, this might be difficult, but I'm going to try. And you're building in those mindset patterns, which as we've we've discussed on previous podcasts, Mindset by Carol Dweck changed my life. And I highly recommend every parent reads it. I also have a podcast on mindset. So you can check that out too, if you don't want to read the book. And then we talk about with our children, collaborative problem solving. So how do you ask them questions about how they thought it should be handled? Or why, let's say I have a student, my own child, let's be clear here, who struggles with remembering what to bring to school. And I I said, well, how would it help you? What could I do to help you remember? So it's that collaborative problem solving, or how could I help you remember your curfew times? Um, So it's just really working with the child to support and, and, and build many successes, because we know that over time, we need to build that competence, their competencies and their sense of confidence. And when we're training these important executive skills, it is necessary that they feel some competency. I wanna thank you again for joining me. Please, please email me at hello at jessicastong.com. If you have any questions in any of these areas, I am happy to talk to you. And especially if you want to sit down with me and just ask questions about executive skills, you know, I have that free consultation, so you can book that online. I thank you and have a courageous week. Thanks.